I just love this time of year. Um, but I love it when we focus on him, and it's so important that we do that. Amen. Okay, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Um, this is the final part of our series that we began last spring. Uh, it's taken us all this time to actually do go through 1 Corinthians. But here Paul is um, going to speak on one final thing. And he's actually going to speak about giving. And uh, it's really interesting to me, these last two chapters. Because remember, this is a church that is, that is messed up. Um, he's, it's a corrective letter, and he's brought correction. He's brought guidelines. He's uh, showed us what's important, you know, loving God and loving others. He, uh, he shows us how to work in the gifts of the Spirit. He shows us um, the importance of the Holy Spirit. He shows us the importance of love and that everything works by love. Um, and so, and he's corrected some of the things. He talks about communion. He's talked about sin, sin issues. We've had to talk about sin issues that has crept into the church. Um, and then he goes in this last week, he talked about in verse chapter 15 about the gospel and that the gospel is the main thing that we, sometimes we lose sight of the gospel of Jesus in our, in our purpose here. The Holy Spirit was given not just to give you goosebumps, right? Not just uh, to uh, make, fill you up with the Holy Spirit by your, for yourself or your own purposes. The Holy Spirit was given for what reason? To be a light into this world, to be representative of Jesus, to be like Jesus, to be holy like Jesus, to live like Jesus, to think like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to minister like Jesus, to do what Jesus did on this earth, not for your glory, not for my glory, but for his glory, for his kingdom, and to see lives transformed. And so he brought us into this place of doing this. And then now in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, he says this in verse 1. He says, now about the collection of the Lord's people. Do what I told Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I'll give letters of introductions to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. And if it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. So here Paul is, is, is basically talking about giving. And he gives us some information why we want to do that. So I'm going to show you about this because this is very important. Because here Paul is, this is about, he wrote 1 Corinthians around 54 AD, 54, 55 AD. 2 Corinthians came about a year later. Um, but, why, but he actually came back to Corinth and, and wrote Romans. The book of Romans was all about the gospel. And about going after Jesus and, and the things of God in that gospel and leading people to the Lord. And he comes back and he writes the book of Romans while he's in Corinth. Because remember, he talks about, I want to come with you. I want to come here, but I want to spend time with you. I don't want to be short. I want to spend the winter with you. And, you know, he talks about that. And then during that time, he wrote, writes the book of Romans. And so here he's, he's ending this with the gospel, but also with about giving. And he gives us some important parts. So I want to give you nine important um, uh, points about giving that really co comes into the gospel here and really kind of what is, is bringing, because the whole thing he wants to do is bring them in to be a powerful church, 
He wants the Corinthians to be a powerful church because they were off. They were looking over here, they were looking over here, and they weren't coming together and they weren't being apart. So he, was, he brought, in the last, last chapter, verse 15, he brought, chapter 15, he brought about the gospel. Now he's talking about giving. But why does he talk about giving here? And so let me give you nine points that I see here that giving is important to us and it's important for you and I to learn about giving. Number one, that he wants us to make giving a priority. He says, now concerning the collection on the first day of the week. He wants giving needs to be a priority in our lives. And he wants the, the, this church, why? Because they had become selfish, right? They were selfish with their giftings that God had given them. They were selfish with the way they were doing things. Sin had come in. And they, so they were selfish. You see selfishness and it's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. And see, here what giving, and when you make it a priority, it's not going to be about you any longer. Who is it about? Jesus. Because he says, now concerning the collection, on the first day of the week. Because we give God our first. Have you ever buttoned up your shirt and got to the last button because the first button was off, the last button was completely off. How many's ever done that? I mean, you got dressed in the dark. I mean, you don't even have to get dressed in the dark and you can screw that up, right? And so everything is messed up. If you, if you get that first button off, every, every other hole is going to be messed up. Remember the offerings of Cain and Abel. God accepted Abel's offering, but he rejected Cain's. Why? Abel, Abel brought the firstborn. Cain brought some of his crop, but not the first fruits. He didn't bring the first. Cain brought his crop, but it wasn't the first fruit. In fact, it might not have been the best. See, Jesus is the first in the universe. When we live a biblical lifestyle of generosity, we are saying Jesus is Lord over everything. And I'm not just talking about money here. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about your thoughts, everything that you have, that Jesus becomes first. When I live a, a, a biblical lifestyle of generosity, he gets the first. He doesn't get the leftovers. I don't, personally, I don't pay my bills and then give what's left over. I give first. I give first. Why? Because that's why I see it in the, in, in the Bible. It's not what, and it's not something I have to do. I, it's what I get to do. It's what I want to do. And I bring him the first. And when I, I bring him the best, that's what I give. I give the best to him. Don't ever give God the least. Don't ever give God the, the, the table scraps. Don't ever give him the leftovers. You give him the first. And so Paul's saying to the Corinthians, make it a priority. This, give at the first of the week. Give when you get paid. Give and set it aside. And give it when I come back. So he says, give it. And then he says, it should be regular. He says, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so when I come, uh, no collections will have to be made. So he says, he says, not only make it a priority, but it should be regular. It should be as you, as you get paid, as you do things, it should be a regular thing. Not only just with your, your finances, but you should be regularly given of your time. That I regularly give of my life, out of my life, my finances, my time, my resources, I give that regularly to God. It's not just once in a while. Remember when I, I said last week that, you know, a lot, a lot of times you, you'll see a lot of people, they, they only give, they only help during the holidays. Well, people need help all the time, trust me. We give all the time. 
We give every day. We have to give all the time. Giving is a part of being a part of the kingdom of God. And it should be made a priority and it should be regular. So the first day he says to do that. And a lot of times that's why we give on Sundays is that that's when we give. We get paid and we give. And it provides a good focus for our giving because as we meet together for worship and teaching and fellowship and we do that. So we give Make it a priority, and we give regularly, and then it's a personal thing. The second part of verse 2 says, let each one of you. The instructions are personal. They apply to every single one of us individually. One day, you and I are going to stand before the Lord, and we will be accountable for all we did or didn't do on this earth. And we need to put God first and see how he will provide because it's personal, because it is a personal relationship with the Lord. And the church is designed in such a way, the body of Christ, that every part does its share. You know, my kids give. We teach them to give early on. When they get something, when they get birthday money, or when they get any kind of thing of income or anything cash, we, we teach them to give. We teach them to give their time. Every one of my kids serve. Now, we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't make it and force them and force them. They actually want to serve because we, 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 they see us and they see the joy that Lisa and I have of serving people and loving people, and they automatically come into it. And I know some of you, I know some of your, your kids, your kids are serving too, and you're serving because you're the model of that. It's about giving of our life and we make it a priority. We make it regular, but it's personal it's something that I do for the Lord. It's a relationship I have with the Lord. We do not want something from you. We want something for you. And we, you understand that giving is important. And when you give and you sow in the kingdom, whether it's sowing of your time and your resources, you're putting the, those seeds in the ground that's going to grow those either financial seeds or serving seeds or helping seeds that will grow for your future benefit. Amen? What you sow, you'll reap what you sow. Press down, shaken together, and running over. Amen? Yeah. And make sure that you're giving what God asks of you because it's personal. And make sure you're giving in such a way that it affects your heart. Why? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. It's personal. He's my treasure. I give for the kingdom. I give, I've given all my life to that. Now, my life is different than your life, but you, you give. You understand. It's a priority. We do it regular, and it's personal. And it comes out of that personal relationship with the Lord. In fact, it should be keeping with our income, it says. Many find it's a tenth. It should be keeping with our in income. In, in, in the Old Testament, the word tithe is, is it means tenth. It's 10%. It's a good guide. Now, I'll just be honest with you. The New Testament doesn't command it. Nowhere in the New Testament does it command it that you have to give your tenth. Now, it was, it was something that was done, but it wasn't a commandment. We don't see it in the New Testament. Jesus never said that you, you must give 10%. Paul never says that, but they do recommend it. Now, Matthew 23, 23, here Jesus is, and look what he says. Woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe, mint, and dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier manners of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So he's saying here, he says, you're giving money for everyone else to see, 
but you're not, you're, not, you're not helping anybody. You don't have justice, you don't have mercy, you don't have faithfulness to people. He says, these you ought to have done. Talking about the tithe, you ought to do those things. So Jesus confirms it. Jesus says, recommends it. He says, he, says, he says, you should have done that. You should do those things, but you should do these other things too. You should have justice, mercy, and faithfulness. In fact, the New Testament, really, if you really read through the New Testament, we kind of, we kind of find, I kind of find it funny that we say, well, you give 10%, and the 90%, you can do whatever you want with. But that's actually not New Testament. New Testament is, I no longer live. It's he who lives in me. He owns everything. He owns everything. Jesus owns everything. Jesus is Lord of it all. He owns everything. And so that tells me something. That how I give is not out of giving of a command. Even though it was a principle that was followed for thousands of years and still followed today, I still tithe. But I give as the Holy Spirit leads me. And sometimes it's more. Sometimes I only give, I tithe to Cornerstone. He tells me I give to, to missionaries, I give to people on the streets. I give to people everywhere how the Lord leads me. Because who's the Lord of my life? Jesus. And he leads me. And so, like, like we've told you before, don't you ever give because you feel like you have to. You give because it's a joy. Because of the relationship you have with Jesus. Because, let me tell you something. Faith works by what? Love. I... I I'm not here to get something from you. I'm here to get something to you. And when you give by faith, something powerful can happen in your finances. Something powerful can happen in your life when you give by faith. So I give by faith. And I give, when I, when I give my check, it's in my pocket. As soon as I walk out the door, it's going to go in that box in the back. I give by faith and I pray and I say in Jesus' name, I thank you for blessing me. I've been tithing since I was 16 years old. And he's never left me down. And I have given more than that. And my, my, my heart, mine and Lisa's heart is to give 20% of our income. And we're getting closer and closer every single year. Why is that? How can I live off 80%? Well, you know, there's a guy named J.C. Penney. How many of you guys know who that is? He lived off 10% and he gave the Lord 90%. Did it start out at 90%? Probably not. It started where he could and he raised that up every year, all the time as the Lord was able, led him, enabled him to do that. And he started, he, at the end of his life, he was given 90% of his income. I want to be like him. I want to be so in love with Jesus that God, I trust you with everything. And I believe throughout the Bible, we see God blessing people as we trust him. So he, Paul's saying, make it a priority. It needs to be regular. It's definitely personal. It should be keeping with our income. And when we give, you fulfill your purpose.
See, the thing about it is, you and I were created in the image and likeness of God. And in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, it says, Then then God said, Let us make man in our own image, in our own likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals and over all creation that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. The image of God is the theological concept that means you and I and everybody on earth was imprinted with, the, with God's image in our lives. That something deep inside of us is like God. Isn't that cool? Something deep inside of us is like God. Like the son who has his father's eyes. You and I resemble God. That's why the enemy hates you so much, because he doesn't. You do. You and I resemble God the Father. And God is generous. And when you read the Bible and you start to piece together information about God and you realize that God is very generous all throughout the Bible and you read, th- read things like in 1 John chapter 4 that God is love and just how generous God is with his love and everything that he has, you, you, you understand John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever sh- should ever believe in him will never perish. He gave his only son. He gave his only son so we could have eternal life. That's how generous God is. He gave, get this, his only son. He gave it all. He was that model. He gave everything to to us. He gave everything. That's generous. And that image, that understanding, that that DNA is in you and I. Because if God is generous, then something deep inside of you and I are wired for generosity. You may not always feel like being generous, but you were created that way. You've got generosity hardwired into your soul. In fact, there's times where, where Lisa and I, if we don't have any money, things, you know, how many guys go through times where, where'd the money go, right? I mean, it's just like something was stolen or, you know, you don't know what happened to it. Probably you spent it unwisely, but that's another story. But we've all been there. But when Lisa and I, we, we give more during those times. Because, because what, what begins to happen when I don't have as much money as I think I should have or I want to have or I desire something, I, don't, I become selfish. And I begin to complain to God. And I don't, I'm not thankful. I'm saying, God, why haven't you blessed me? I've done all this, this, and this. How many of you guys have ever been there before? Am I the only sinner in here? Anyway. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I know you do, but anyway. So... So I begin to give. And the reason I begin to give because I got I to gotta get connected to my destiny. My purpose. I give more. I stop focusing on myself and I focus on others. That's why it's so important. Because I may not feel like being generous. I don't maybe think I am, but I have to give. I'll go sell something so I can give it away. Or I'll just give something else away. This is why when all you do is complain 
It's the opposite of who God's made you to be. If you see and do nothing, you become the opposite of God when you're complaining and not giving. You become grumpy, you become a hater, <laughs> and it eats you up from the, in, in, from the inside out. But when you give, you start to fulfill your purpose, doing what you were created to do in the first place. Be like him. You don't give out of guilt, you give out of purpose. Right? First John 3, 1 says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. We are children of God. So when you give, you are, you are walking in your purpose. And when you give, you position yourself for a blessing. The Apostle Paul wrote to a small group of Christians living in the first century of the city of Philippi. It's the book of Philippians. In that first part of that letter, Paul thanked the Philippians for their generosity and their partnership. They had contributed to his ministry as, as a missionary, as a preacher, as, a, as, a, as an apostle. And the Christians who live in Philippi were generous supporters. And then there goes along to this very important verse. I, and people say it, but you, you can't really say this verse and believe this verse unless you are operating in your gift of generosity. Philippians 4.19 And my God will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The context is this because they were generous givers. That was the context. That's why Paul said this. You may not understand it. I might not be able to fully explain it, but there's something supernatural that happens in my finances, in our finances, when we come in alignment with God's heart. Something supernatural happens. It has happened all the time in my life. God supernaturally provides. Even when I was making $150 a week as a, as a youth pastor, I was working full-time at that. By the way, that's $6,000 a year before taxes. It was $130-some dollars I took home. I still paid off the gross. $15. You say, well, $15 isn't that much. It's still 10%. It's a lot of money. When all you're making is $150. My wife, Lisa, and I, we live in Section 8 housing, or we had orange, orange shag carpet in our... It was beautiful, But we never lacked. We never lacked. God's always blessed us. Why? Because my God will supply all of your needs as you give and as you're generous and as you're led by the Holy Spirit in that and being faithful with the things that you have. You may be thinking it's little, but you're faithful in little. Guess what God began to do? He gave me more. God will bless you abundantly as you give. Romans 8.32 says this, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? When you give, you position yourself for a blessing. And when you give, the next one, 
is you gain perspective. And this is powerful. Winston Churchill said this, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Why is it, the Bible says in Acts 20, it's more blessed to give than to receive? Because I like presents, especially when they're in the candy and chocolate form. I love, I love it. I love presents. But there's something about it is more blessed to give than to receive because something happens in you. This Christmas season, I will give money to people that the Lord leads me. Always happens. Well, I'll give some money to somebody on the street or something and through the holidays through shopping or something. And um, it affects them and it blesses them. I, I want you to know that. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's probably more for me than it is for them. Something happens inside of me that connects me to them. More than me giving connects them to me. If you ever give in the wrong reasons, you're going to be hurt. Right? Because if you, you give thinking that person is going to love you more, and it doesn't work that way. It actually works, you love them more. So you have to give with the right heart. That's what Paul's, you gotta be a cheerful giver, right? You gotta do it in the right way because if you're giving thinking any other way, no, it doesn't work that way. When I give, it connects me to my community. It connects me to that person. It connects me to you when I give. See, it does something in me. You gain perspective. It's more blessed to give than it, to receive because it connects you to someone. It connects you to the vision of the church. It connects you to the vision of God. When you give to missions, it connects you to, to the vision of the worldwide gospel. It connects you to something more. That's why Matthew 6, 21, Jesus said, where for where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. What is your treasure? Money can be a treasure, time can be a treasure, but when you give of your, your resources, of your time, your energy, your finances, it connects you to something. It gives you perspective that God wants you to see, and that perspective is love. Our money and our, is, is actually connected to our heart for some reason. The Bible teaches that money isn't just solely a financial issue. Money and time is primarily a spiritual issue. Our money and our heart are connected and when we send out money and, or we spend time doing something and serving and, and something, it connects you to that. It gives you value to them. And, and when we give, it's a statement of what's truly important in our life. Listen, show me your checkbook. I'll show you what's important. Right? Look at your checkbook. You'll see what's important in your life. Oh, boy. Anyway. It gives you perspective. You can tell what's important to me by not hearing me talk about it. What's important to me, you can hear, see it by observing how I spend my money and my time. Because money and time is a hard issue. And if it's always spent on me, if it's always spent on what I want and what I desire, it's called selfishness. 
Let's bring it back into 1 Corinthians. Why is he bringing them to this subject? Because they had become selfish. And they had been like every other Greek in that area. Right? Selfish. It's all about me. I want this. I want to do this. I, want, I don't care what the, the thing is. I want to do it. So he says, come back here. I want to connect you, not to yours, just yourself, but I want you to connect you to the things of God. When you give, you make an intentional statement that something matters. That person, that mission, that thing of God matters. It deserves my attention. It deserves my point, my support. And that's why Paul, in chapter 15, eternity matters. And when you give, you're shifting your perspective. And when you give, you partner with God. Have you ever thought about the fact that God doesn't need your money? He doesn't. Not only that, that God doesn't need your money in particular, he doesn't need you. Now, I'm not intentionally trying to put us down here. He doesn't need us. He desires for us to come. In fact, not only that, he's inviting us to be a part of what he's doing. And so when I give, I'm partnering with God. He's invited me to become part of the, his glory. He's, he's invited me to become part of what he's doing on this earth. God's not sitting in heaven saying, if I only had somebody to help me. His activity is not dependent on our involvement. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. God doesn't need us, but he invites us to join him. We don't invite God into our life. He invites us into his. And that's pretty cool when you begin to think about it, that God doesn't need us. He invites us to participate, and he's inviting you to participate. And when you give, that's what you're doing. We are joining with God for the mission around this world. We don't give to keep the lights on. I'm thankful for the lights. We don't give because of that. We give because the gospel needs to be heard. There's a purpose in our giving. You don't just give to church. So I love this church. You give to be a part of the worldwide movement of God. Amen? To connect you to his purpose. Because to, 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 to accept the invitation that I'm part of the kingdom. I'm part of the movement. I'm part of his glory. I'm part of this transformation that he wants to do. When you give to Cornerstone, you're not just giving to help in Blue Springs. You're giving to help in all of North America, in South America, in Europe, in Haiti, in Africa. You're giving to help everywhere. There's something bigger going on around us more than we're here now. That's why... I want you to give by faith. I want you to give trusting him. I want you to give knowing that he's there and he's going to provide for you. I want you to have focus in your giving, not just to throw something in the offering. Keep it. If that's all you're going to do, I want it to be transformational in your life. This is not just something we do just to do. By the way, this is not a country club. I am not your activities director. This is a movement. 
This is a God-ordained thing that God wants to transform people's lives. Doesn't mean I don't like activities. And food. And coffee. (laughs) You got that right. Donuts. You give because it's Holy Spirit inspired. I make it a priority. I regularly do it. Listen, let me tell you something. If somehow I miss a tithe, I make it up. I love to give. I love to give because it's personal to me. I do a percentage. I give 10% to the church and I give money elsewhere. I give more than my tithe. It's not to pat me on the back. I've learned this from other people. I've learned this from my dad. My dad got saved. He had a struggling business. He got a hold of, of giving and being generous. My dad was generous. I mean, he, get, he gave his tithe. He gave more than his tithe. I don't know. He gave a lot. I remember one time he was needing $1,500 back in the 80s, mid-80s to come in. His accounts receivable, didn't have it, had, had $1,500 in bills to pay, and the Lord told him to give $1,500 away. He gave $1,500 away. He didn't miss those bills at all. He got way more in those $1,500. My dad's business started to double every single year, starting from 1984 when he started giving until he sold it in 1989. My dad bought this business for $1,500 and sold it for way more than that. Giving works. Because it's personal. It's a relationship. I give out a relationship with the Lord. He tells me to do something, I do it. I do it. I'm not perfect at it, but I listen and I follow him. That's, that's what we do as believers. And I give percentage-wise it's with my income. In fact, I actually start to give more than my income. Because if I'm believing God for more, I better start giving more. Not when I get it. How many of you ever prayed this prayer? God, if you do that, I'll give it to you. Well, how about doing it now? So I give way more. Because I'm believing God for more. Amen? When you give, you fulfill your purpose. It's an important part. You position yourself for a blessing when you give. You gain that perspective that it's not about me. And I'm partnering with God all the time. So how do I begin on this road of giving? Start now. Start today. If you're not not a giver, start giving today. Ask the Lord what you should give. And listen to him. And do it. Ask God to teach you to be gracious in your giving. Ask him to stir your heart towards being that radical giver of your resources. That's your, 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 your time and your, your money. Pray that your giving would not be under compulsion, right? 
but fueled by joy from giving to his kingdom. It's a joy to give. And pray that God will reveal to you the areas of your life where you have not given yourself completely to him. Maybe there's some areas in your life that you just don't trust him in. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's with your time. Start giving today. Be a good steward of what God has for you. And watch God move in your life. Amen? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I want to pray for you. Father, um, thank you, Father, for the opportunity we have to be generous. That God, throughout this Corinthian series, God, they lost focus. They got focus on themselves. But Father, we want our focus to be on you. We want our focus to be on the kingdom, on building your kingdom. Father God, we know that giving helps us accomplish that. Because where our treasure is, that's where our heart will be. And so that's our joy right now, God. Give us joy. Let us be a cheerful giver. Let's be excited about giving, God. Giving of our time, giving of our resources. Because we want to we see this movement of Jesus all over our nation and our world. And so, Father God, show us right now how we need to give today. Maybe where we're not giving enough or maybe we're not doing it with the right heart. Or maybe today for some of us, it may be the first time we ever gave anything really of substance and with purpose. So give us a heart to do that today for your kingdom, for your glory, and we thank you, God, for it. And Father God, we thank you that you're going to bless us to do it too because we're going to be faithful in what we have so we can be faithful and more, and so you can use us in greater ways in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, for that. Amen. Thank you for joining us here online to listen to one of our messages here at Cornerstone. We pray that this message minister to you in a powerful way. If you would like to hear more of our messages, go to cornerstonelife.org and click on the message tab that's at the top. We pray that you have a great day and a great week. And if you need anything, we are here.